Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Dana Kaufman, Tom Swift, Ariana and Lucia Lucas, the team behind Exotic V. Baskin, the micro opera. How are y'all doing today? Good, thank You're you. Well. Thank you. Exotic. I'm feeling exotic. I should do the preface of an era, um, which is to say that we are still amidst pandemic time and we are recording through Discord. Um, so any we, we ask the listeners to forgive any weird audio oddities, but we're just so glad to have been able to make this happen. So thank you all so much for being here and being thank flexible. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. So how are you all doing today? Well, no. So they've already said that they're yeah. doing exotic. <laughs> <laughs> that's been it. That's been Wild. established. That's pretty on point, though. Like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, so I am so excited to talk about this project today. I think it is so fun and cool and interesting. Would y'all mind introducing us to the to the um, performance? Absolutely. So again, thank you so much for having me and having us. We together created a four and a half, four minute, four and a half minute micro opera in video form called Exotic V Baskin, colon, the micro opera, which ended up becoming a commission from the Carlo Arts Festival in Ireland. The festival, of course, unfortunately, could not be held in person this summer. And so instead, they are um, sort of having an online rendering of part of the festival in a program called Slices. So I heard about Tiger King and I thought, I should watch that, but it kind of sounds like opera. And then I watched the first few episodes and I thought, gee, this is, this is really opera. I'm a composer whose work focuses primarily on vocal and operatic music. My second opera was an opera about the Kardashians and actually one that I was fortunate to speak with you, Daniel and Maureen, about a couple years ago uh, for Scappy Radio. And so I love thinking about pop culture and fusing uh, ideas present in pop culture with opera. I love trying to make opera accessible. And I, I just really love the thought of turning this into an opera. And I was talking with a friend and said, gee, this will never happen. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It'll never get produced. And she said, well, why don't you just think about a scene or an aria? So I was Skyping with Lucia and Ariana and they had just done this magnificent video of themselves performing a scene from a Wagner opera. And I sort of blurted out, can I write a Tiger King micro opera for you? And they, they graciously accepted. <laughs> and Tom and I worked together previously on Opera Kardashian. Tom was the librettist for Opera Kardashian, as well as for Cycle Kardashian, which is the sort of song cycle precursor to Opera Kardashian. And so I wrote to Tom and actually had sent him a Facebook message kind of jokingly earlier saying, oh my gosh, this is opera. But I wrote to him again and said, no, I'm, I'm really serious about this. So I just 
feel like the luckiest person in the world to be working with Tom and Lucia and Ariana. I think they are absolutely brilliant. And I will stop talking and <laughs> let them jump in and tell you a lot more about the project. Yeah, so let's let's talk first, let's have everybody kind of in, officially introduce their roles in this opera. So Tom, how how have you participated in this in the formation of this opera? Yeah, like um like Dana was saying, she she got in touch with me um because we'd already worked on um Opera Kardashian and I'd written the libretto for that, which again is a sort of a a a, a long story where she we 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 didn't know each other at all, and we met via this Facebook. Um, I think it was a Facebook community around libretto writing, and she just posted a random post. I hadn't looked at this group for years, I'd say, and I saw this post. Anyone interested writing uh, in writing a libretto about uh, a popular culture figures, and it really piqued my interest because it was the kind of thing that I like to write about because I'm my background is is chiefly as a as a playwright and when she proposed that she she didn't reveal who it would be about and then when she told me it was the kardashians i was like oh fuck no do i really have to do this <laughs> anyway we, we went we, we went around the houses and i think she chatted to a few other people and we eventually uh we got to it and it was just a great opportunity because it kind of realized that we've got to be writing opera about uh, you know, popular stories and big stories that captivate people because that's what uh, opera has always been about. And I think that relates to this current project as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, having done that 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 uh, opera Kardashian project over a period of, of, you know, again, completely remotely, uh, we've never met. We were supposed to actually meet at, in Florida when... Um, Dana had a, a sort of a week-long workshop of some of the scenes from from that piece. Um, but having had a really positive experience and realizing what a talent she is and loving her music and the way that she we've worked together and she's worked with the words that that I've written. Um, you know, when she when she approached me about uh, this project, it was like a, an instant yes. It just yeah. made complete sense. Uh, and I think we just have a similar kind of sense of humor. Like the other day we were Skyping and I could see, oh, you've got a Monty Python poster on the back behind you there. <laughs> and we keep, you know, we, it just turns out we've a very similar sense of humor and we like humor. And whether it's Zoolander or Monty Python or Tiger King, it's kind of trashy and funny and out there. And I think that's why we've kind of worked well together. So that's kind of, brings it more or less up to where I got involved in, in this particular project. I, so I need to just say one of the things that I don't know if we mentioned this in the first time we interviewed you, Dana, but like one of the things that I, so my story with when I've learned about opera Kardashian was, um, my family, like I, my sister and mother, love the Kardashians. They're like Long Island Italian women and, and like, have, and for, through that I've watched every episode of the Kardashians. When Maury and I first started dating, I was like, you need to watch this show. And, um, 
one of the things, and this is like a, I know this is like kind of a tangential story, but I promise it's one that I definitely want to share and it, it, it is relevant. Um, <laughs> one of the things we do every Sunday and it's been different since the, like the onset of the pandemic, um, is we do a dinner party and it's, it's called Sunday dinner. I just make like vegan Italian food and at the end of it, or not the end, but like in the middle of it or so, we do something that I that's called pits and peaks and it's basically just like everybody talking about the low point and the high point of their week and i just like for the first time and i think i might have there's a few people that know this already but i actually got that from the kardashians like i just stole it from the show it's like what they do when they go on vacation and and i and so i think it's funny you know um just the the cultural the way that we look at, at things like the Kardashians and and Tiger King, like it um, can feel just like a cultural blip, you know. And it's so easy to just kind of like say like to like put it in its corner and 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 let it live in its corner and and um, paint with a wide brush about it. But I think it's it's interesting like how y'all dug into this and and pulled from it and and created more out of it. And I'm just kind of curious for y'all like what um what has that been like with with heading to tiger king like has there been a lot of when you've been going through tiger king where you've found more than you expected to uh, uh i don't know if I, sorry I, I don't want to hog the conversation i yeah i think so because i think similarly to what we did with um the Kardashians, which again was that on the surface very glossy, trashy, uh, shallow. Like we 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 found incredible mm-hmm. stories, you know, in terms of uh, Caitlyn Jenner's uh, journey and also Kim Kardashian's kind of journey and her. There, there's sort of a Faustian. Uh, it just goes back to those stories. I mean, I feel like Kim has a kind of a Faustian pact with fame. Uh, and uh, and became trapped by it, whereas I don't know, uh, Caitlin's journey was was very different and and almost uh, the way that we kind of came to see it was as somebody who was who, who felt very confined and trapped and and was able to to escape that and to be liberated. Um, but in terms of this story, I mean the the one. Um, sort of reference point that I've been thinking about recently and it's probably something that can when we when we make the full scale opera it is Don Giovanni it's about a, a man who it, you know despite his actual own best interests is you know consumed with just pursuing his you know his passions and his his uh his emotions and you know re- regardless of the risks so that was that was the one one of the things, and the other thing was a comment that I read in relation to, I think he makes it in the series, is, you know, we need each other. You know, um, I've made a lot of money out of Carol Baskin, and she's made a lot of money out of me. So that was the kind of the the the, the, the crux of what personally I found. I know the, the, the rest of the team will have other uh, insights through working on this, but that was my main one. It's such a great comment about Don Giovanni because Lucia has now not only sung 
Don Giovanni himself, but also Joe Exotic. So it's really <laughs> a, a perfect fit, I think, Lucia. Um, so I, I would love to hear from Lucia and Ariana about their experience in creating the roles. I, I like the, uh, I really like the concept of creating an operatic role, but it's a real person. That's alive. Yeah. Like, like, cause you're really, I mean like, yes, you are creating the role within that opera and it's like a monument and it's an achievement and it is such a, an amazing opportunity, but you're not really creating that role. You are, would you mind? So first of all, I would love to hear your perspective on this, on this opportunity as a whole, but also like it's kind of speaking to your experience, creating a role that's actually a real person. Uh, do you want to start? Okay. So, uh, the reason why like opera is a medium is because you're trying to find not not because it's you know big people wearing horns yelling but <laughs> but because you're trying to if you're doing it right you're you're trying to find this moment you're trying to distill it to its most honest core and especially when you're doing that about a real person that's a little hard but what what we have to do is we have to look at them not as people um and we're not really looking at them honestly anyway in the midst of a pandemic you know i can't go actually talk to carol and i can't go do an interview with joe as a character study so the amount of information that we have on them is just the public knowledge but it's also sort of it's I wouldn't claim that it is that the knowledge that we have of them is a hundred percent accurate. In the case of Joe, we mostly just have what's in Tiger King. Uh, Carol Baskin has been reading her diary going back about 30 years in an attempt to show herself more honestly about who she feels she is. But in the case of Joe, we don't even have that that opportunity at this moment because um, he's busy. Um, and so the thing is, is we're we are taking the the documentary's view of them, how the documentary sees them, not how they actually are. And then also in the context of this dramatization um, and just the sort of weird, uh, the, the weird moment in time, pop, pop culture moment, you know, we're, we're not really seeing them honestly, but I don't think mm -hmm. that we should be trying to see them honestly. If we're trying to do an actual documentary or an actual anything that's historical based on them, then, then the context is different. And what we're doing is we're trying to take this, this pop culture moment and making an opera out of that. So I hope that's not, that's not too dry, but we're not trying to find the essence of who Joe Exotic is and who Carol Baskin is. 
Yeah, I that is something that I was ruminating on when it came to asking questions about this, because I watched. So Maureen actually, so just to like, not to like completely blow my shit blow up. Blow your shit up. Like, <laughs> Maureen didn't, didn't, she has heard me talk about it a bit and like obviously it's really hard to not know what's going on culturally with Tiger King. Um, but Maureen didn't watch it. I only watched like half of it because at a certain point I was just like, I can't. Like, there, like for just... For, for any given... I feel like maybe that's relatable. I don't know, but... I, I the, mean, background on us, we're both we're both vegetarians, and, like, whenever we see animals sad, it makes us very sad. Yeah. So I, <laughs> we, but I we also... Cho- I, I chose to excuse myself from that pop culture moment. But I also, you know, I've read a lot of the cultural impact of it, because I think it's I think it's interesting, and, I, and one of the things that you're speaking to, which I find very true, is how interesting it is that the documentary very much paints one version of the story, you know, and, and, and to that end, like whatever that means is what it means. And, and the representation of these characters as characters, like the thing that's fascinating to me is like, is that helpful in the sense of thinking about it as operatic characters? Or do you, do you, like, do you struggle with it not being representative of who these people really are? Or, or does it, is it, good i guess good is probably the wrong word but if, the the characterization aspect if we look at it as um an instructional manual then i think we come mm-hmm. we don't come up with quite as creative stuff as if we look at the public publicly available information and look at that is the only things that limit us so if you mm-hmm. sort of flip it on its head, instead of trying to create something solely from what you know, um, then it's not going to be nearly as interesting as if you try to create the most wild outlandish thing. And then only then let the limits be things that you know. I try and do this in creating any operatic role. It's not particular to this. It's like, what does, it's not what does the character say, it's what does the character not say. Um, we, mm. we, we know that this happens in the libretto, so, it, so that has to happen. But how much, how free can we get beyond that is always the question, and I think that that's where the art happens, mm-hmm. not what is this laundry list of things that we can try and accomplish that is known information. Absolutely. Yeah. That is my favorite absolute favorite part of the job is seeing what you can pull out of like what what someone hasn't thought about before what is um what is new what's another perspective on the story um yeah carol here (laughs) are are (laughs) um i actually really wanted to sing the role of joe but uh dana wrote that for a baritone and at the moment lucia's baritone is slightly better than mine so she got that <laughs> part. And we, did fight it. we did fight over it, though. I was stuck singing Carol, which was actually really a challenge for me. Um, like, we both are, like, I started my career singing primarily Wagner for the first two years. Like, every month on stage singing a Wagner opera with a giant, you know, German orchestra. And this is not that. It's very different. Um, but I think it completely took me out of my comfort zone because it was, like, I mean, it's kind of like parody in a way, like our like our side of things. Like it's it's going a bit in that direction, and that's not. 
something as like a Wagnerian contralto that I have like that I do a lot in my day job. So Wagnerians aren't known for their sense of humor. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) We had to do like some um, some uh, social media spots for this where I actually had to talk like Carol and to do like Carol impressions. And that Mm. was probably like. Um, the most terrifying thing that I could imagine doing. And I think we both really surprised ourselves. Like we were both just cackling because like, I could never imagine like Lucia, my beautiful wife being Joe. And she a hundred percent brought that Joe energy. And I don't think that she had, I, I hadn't imagined myself like as this crazy batshit Carol character who like in watching the show, like she was not the one that I related to or was rooting for. Like I really, I really liked Joe. If if I had to root for one of them, I'd probably, I kind of connect more with Joe's energy and Carol is more subtle. Um, but I didn't really think that I would grow so fond of her. But in order to pull off these little like social media spots, like I had to watch hours of her fucking talking, like um, mm-hmm. the diary entries she has every year of her life like documented and on youtube you can just listen to her read out of her diary um highly yeah i i really relate to that and i want to kind of expand on this because um i you know a lot of the the um things i've read is just about like about carol and about kind of how the documentary really painted her one way and there's a lot of folks that are speaking to you know it it really um not being accurate to to uh, who she really is, and, and that is kind of my curiosity for you. Like, do you did you find yourself leaning towards wanting to try to portray the documentary Carol or the Carol? You know, like what 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 is your like for lack of not of not having a way to put this so dramatically. Um, like, what is your responsibility, like, as an artist? Like, do you think that when it comes to doing something like this, that it's better to to work to represent who Carol Baskin is as a person or to where people's cultural references of, of having watched the documentary? Honestly, case, I, go oh, ahead, Dana. Go ahead. No, take it, I, take it away. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely agree with Lucia and just thinking about using the information we have to dissect these characters as much as possible and make an opera out of it. And for me, this is a micro opera, yes, about Tiger King, but it's mostly about public perception of Tiger King and the fact that this completely blew up that first week when everyone was home and we were all frozen and didn't know what to do. And so many people turned to Netflix and it became a huge sensation. I think it's a wonderful piece of television and a wonderful docu-series but what was what has been so magnificent about the series is the cultural impact it's had just in the last couple months and cultural impact meaning the memes and the videos that have come out of it and the conspiracy theories and the signs I hear about people holding up on the side of the road or drunk outside their apartment buildings that say honk if you think Carol murdered her husband so I think that to me, just like the Kardashians, I, I think the cultural significance is really important. And I, I wanted to play off of that. I don't, it, it didn't seem right to me in this case. And Tom, I obviously love to hear your thoughts as the librettist, but it, 
didn't seem like the time to sort of dig deep into exactly who Carol is as opposed to yeah. just looking at her portrayal in the media. This is high camp. It's high camp. It's high camp. It's high parody. Like it's ridiculous. And it's also very much like the end of our video. And also like, I mean, maybe I have a minute and 30 seconds to like be Carol, um, which isn't <laughs> when you look at three hour, four hour, five hour, seven hour Wagner operas, like that's not a lot of time to dig into a character, but this, this video is a fantasy. And I think that Tiger King like really sparked a lot of um, imagination and fantasy in a time where a lot of people were terribly bored. So and I think, yeah, go ahead, Tom. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. And I think certainly myself and Dana did have a, a, a bit of a conversation about that, about the narrative that the documentary series, uh, you know, that it spins in terms of uh, the characters of Joe and uh, um, of Carol. Um, and yes, I, I kind of, t I would, my sense is that they've been way too kind to Joe and a little bit unkind to Carol, but they're both very flawed characters. And my, I think after we had our conversation, I was kind of thinking about this and, and how, like, um, like, uh, you know, Dana and Lucia and Ariane have already said, you know, we literally were working in a four minute time frame, but also thinking ahead about like, we'd love to do a bigger project. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe at that point, that would be really nice to dig into a bit and, and kind of strip away that that the uh, the public perception and maybe go a little bit deeper. But for this particular project, um, like Ariana was saying, it's it's pretty high camp, and they're two very camp personalities, to be honest. You know, in in the way that they put themselves forward in one way, in very different ways, but equally, uh, camp I think is a great description. Poor Tom, he wrote this fantastic libretto, and I kept having to say, Tom, I'm so sorry, I'm running over time, I'm way over four minutes. I'm way over four minutes and we unfortunately had to pare down what he wrote, but I think in a longer version, absolutely, we'd have the opportunity to explore, for example, more of who Carol is outside of her portrayal in the media. But I, yeah, oh, I've, oh, oh but I have to say like, you know, doing this project, like I wouldn't have taken the time to watch all of Carol's diaries had I not been cast in the role of Carol. and. Like I did find her a lot more sympathetic and this like softness to her. And, you know, I, I, that was interesting for me because it was, a, it was a very different side of her from watching those videos as the documentary. So. Yeah. I think also the- But it makes sense for the documentary of- I was gonna say- I, No, go I ahead. Think, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Lucia. I think that, I think that in a, you know, a four or five minute piece, I think our, our responsibility to be completely accurate to the actual people of Joe and Carol is is lessened. I don't I don't think anybody thinks that we have to do a perfect presentation. But you know, <clears throat> at the moment Joe can't, you know, defend himself. But Carol is definitely taking the opportunity to put as much information about her out there. So I don't think it's on us in a in a four or five minute interview to 
do it perfectly. And, you know, we're, we're not saying that we are a documentary of their lives or that we are even a biopic sure. of their lives. We're just, we're, we're just doing a five, four or five minute piece, you know? Yeah. I think. Absolutely. Sorry. Oh, sorry I'm just, just going to say. Sorry. <laughs> Go. Um, and it's opera. Like the other thing like was funny with Carol is like, you know how she doesn't open her mouth like at all when she talks. Like, it was really <laughs> absurd to like sing this very like high, very low, very like, um, you know, dramatic sort of piece that where it's like supposed to sound like opera, but like Carol doesn't open her mouth and like an opera singer wouldn't sing like that. So there's this totally surreal element to like what we did and bringing it into this medium that isn't like trying to um, replicate real life. I mean, opera is already mm -hmm. extreme, extreme, the most extreme sport, you know, musical sport that there is. Yeah, we also have the opportunity to go beyond opera inside of this opera anyway, um, <clears throat> because part of it is sort of country inspired, let's say. Oh, yeah. That's... So I, I wouldn't say mm -hmm. that uh, it's definitely an opera, uh, but there is also a country song inside of this opera. This is my first and last time writing country music, everybody. No, just kidding. If you want me to write country music for you and pay me, then uh, I'm your gal. Hit me up. Dana, we love it, and we can't stop singing it. We can't We're stop, like, we we can't stop it. singing it. We the viral it. spots. The reason why that's in there is because it was so catchy. We wake up every morning and sing it to each other as a love song. Like, <laughs> we're, we're... Yeah, how much do you... Oh, sorry. How much do you pull from from like you know Joe Exotic has a has a vast discography <laughs> like like how... well he yeah. apparently didn't he didn't write or sing in any of those songs right did I am I making that up heard that as well okay that's what the word on the that's, street that is the word on the street that, that Joe... the word on the <laughs> that he didn't sing no them? it's like some uh, yeah really and I want to say. I thought it kind of sounded uh, like him. That's and I funny. want to say that I Saw a Tiger is a Stone Cold classic. I love it. <laughs> oh. It is mildly catchy. I will give it, it is. that. Dana, I think you can give him a run for his money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have never written country music before. We just decided that I think it was uh, Ariana Lucia, Tom's idea. I don't know. But it was, we wanted this to end in a country song a la the work that Joe, quote unquote, work that Joe has done and <laughs> that it would be just a really tacky and fun and bizarre way to end this video. And so I thought, well, gosh, I've never written anything close to country music before. And I just posted a Facebook status saying, do I know anybody who writes or is an expert in country music. And most of the responses I got from people were hilarious and things like, why do you want to know? And are you nuts? <laughs> so, um, but I just listened to a lot of country music and I got whatever scores I could. There aren't really scores. It's not really a written <laughs> out kind of medium, um, but what one of the things that was so exciting about this project is that Lucia did an amazing sort of orchestral mock-up of files that I sent to her in Sibelia. So I needed to write out every part of that country song so that Lucia could make it happen in 
mock-up form as a country song. So I wrote out all the parts and Tom suggested, hey, I, he said, you know, for, for this part of the song, I definitely hear some Johnny Cash. So I listened to some Johnny Cash and then Dolly Parton and I, I went down a country rabbit hole and it was a great experience. And Lucia and Ariana in the video not only look eerily like Joe and Carol, they look amazing in their costumes, but they pulled off that country song so brilliantly. And I'm just really excited for it. It's really hard to make yourself into like a white lady when you have Latina eyebrows. They just have like, <laughs> 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 an old, an old white woman. I had to glue them down and then like uh, paint over them. And then I tried to draw them on again in blonde. I think it was a learning curve for me. I don't even know how to handle real eyebrows, let alone fake eyebrows. I mean, like it worked. It's such a crazy experience for Lucia and I, because like we work mostly in big opera houses and like we have these amazing makeup teams that can make us into any creature weird, like, frog or like I mean half the operas I'm in I'm either like bald or like missing teeth you know <laughs> and in this one like I had I mean it's a pandemic I'm not at work like I had to do my own makeup Lucia had to do her own makeup I mean she's really good at that um but it was still like a different it was a very different thing <laughs> to learn and making our own costumes and like props and like all of that production stuff that usually is just yeah, we made our own. We made our own shotgun. We did make our own shotgun out of, days a, ago. out of a. Do you want to say? <laughs> yeah, out of a destroyed Swiffer. <laughs> I like. I like the stipulation that it is a that it's a destroyed Swiffer. Like not. It's not a Swiffer. It is a destroyed. I mean, Swiffer. the fact that we took it <laughs> no. apart. And, yeah, it's. We're, it was yeah. destroyed. Don't worry. It it was destroyed before the uh, before we turned it into the gun. Now, is it a regular Swiffer or a Swiffer wet jet? It's the regular Swiffer. We can find. We can't. We can't find Swiffer wet jets here. I don't think they exist here. Oh, you're missing out. I know. (laughs) That's our next next thing to pick up. Yeah, that that and Mexican food just can't find it here. (laughs) Well, so that actually brings that actually brings up an interesting point: the fact that currently this project is being done in three different countries. would you mind speaking to the challenges and to the challenges surrounding that? I think everybody has their <laughs> their their own thing. Do you want to start, Tom? But we have no time zone, so we're like yeah, we just work when there's work to be done. Yeah, they're they're oh, wow. incredible because they may be in Germany, but they're on international time. You get them any time <laughs> of day or night. They're great. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I'm and I'm a very uh, early to bed Irish guy and I'm sort of 11 o'clock I, I'm not I'm not answering my emails or anything so That's very healthy <laughs> <laughs> I try my best um yeah I mean I don't think for, for me uh I guess the main the challenge wasn't so much the 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 different locations because everyone was great about just keeping in touch uh, it was more the time scale you know so we had how many weeks less than just over three weeks to four weeks i can't remember i think it was four weeks to get the whole project from our initial commission to finished product 
Yeah, so about four weeks. Three weeks. We we said that three weeks was the absolute least amount of time that we could have to learn it. Yeah. Um, turn it into music. Turn it into film. All that. Stuff. Yeah, because we're a team of two people. We we're a team of be like <laughs> two people. We should be like ten people, but you know. Yeah, exactly. And so I was sort of trying to get my head around. Normally with a libretto, uh, you'd have a lot more thinking time to to work with. So, yeah, it was a question for me of trying to write the libretto and and handling off scenes as I kind of had them half shaped to Dana so she could start thinking about musical ideas, maybe setting what she had. And then also handing the music over to the guys in Germany. So it was, uh, yeah, it's time pressure, but it was good. A deadline is a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah. So a deadline I, I think, yeah, or who was it that said, all you need for great things to happen is a good idea and not enough time. So <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if this was, I don't know if this was a good idea, but we definitely didn't have enough time. So that's certain. Um, but yeah. what's, what's so funny about this collaboration and with, Opera Kardashian and Cycle Kardashian is that the, <laughs> these are all online relationships. So I have never met Ariana or Lucia or Tom. And Tom and I have been working together for almost three years now. And I want to say Lucia and I have been in touch for about two and a half. And fortunately, I've gotten to know Ariana through this project. So I, there are all kinds of jokes, and Tom's heard this just, before, but about catfishing. And <laughs> I, it is just so, I mean, the, the wonders of the internet are amazing uh, and also terrible, but in this case have enabled this project. And I did find Tom through a Facebook group and also Lucia and I initially connected through Facebook. I don't work for Facebook. I don't work for Mark Zuckerberg. I am not putting in a plug for Facebook, but... These are Facebook relationships and it's remarkable what we are able to do now that wouldn't even have been possible maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. 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 So I want to, so we've kind of touched on the idea of, of the future of this project and obviously everything it's hard just in the, the 2020 is like, what does next week even look like, you know? But, um, you know, I am kind of curious, like, what would be, you know, I mean, I think it's, the questions even I've asked at this point are like, I, I really am interested in, especially from the artistic perspective, like, what it's like to further delve into these characters, you know? Like, what would, if there were next steps of further exploring this material, like, what would the first of those next steps look like? Like, how many more characters would you consider including into the story? Like, what, you know, where, what, what, yeah, just go, if anybody is, is interested in speaking to that. <laughs> Silence. I think there's a giant, I think there's a giant roster of characters, if you've seen the show. I think... You know, mm -hmm. these just happen to be the two the two leads of this strange. Yeah, I mean, would it be like? Would it need to be like a rewatch of the show first thing, of just to like figure out? Like, it's just so daunting to me, honestly. And maybe that speaks to the like, like how like, yes, it seems like it would be great to like really try and do a full opera of this, but 
it's also just with new opera and with tackling pop culture like this. Well, so how for when it went from Cycle Kardashian to Opera Kardashian, like what what did that stage look like? For that, so Cycle Kardashian actually was a commission by Opera Rocks Productions for New York Opera Fest in 2017. And I chose the subject of the Kardashians kind of as a test run for the full opera. And I thought, okay, if this totally flops, then maybe we won't go ahead with the full thing. But for that song cycle, Cycle Kardashian, I just had one singer. And then I wanted to turn it into the full opera and I was allowed more characters, but I think, you know, I would absolutely love to see this Tiger King become, sorry, not Tiger King, Exotic B. Baskin, the micro opera become a full opera or to be commissioned by a large house. And then of course the question is what kind of budget is there? What are the resources? If we are not, having in-person concerts in the States for a couple of years, then what are the Mm -hmm. restrictions and limitations and the possibilities ahead? So I think there are so many really rich characters in the story and it really depends on, I think, uh, in a collaboration or joint artistic vision and the resources that are available. But it is really, the, the story itself is really an endlessly complicated web, and I think it could go in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as yeah. as a as a playwright, I'm kind of used to limiting rather than expanding the number of uh, of characters. And I think we we had to do that again in in Opera Kardashian. I mean, we could have included a whole host of additional uh, and quite important characters in that kind of drama, if you can call it that and for this i think you just you you use you can kind of tell the story with a really limited number of of characters and and i almost by choosing the ones that you're most interested in that starts to narrow down what what angle the story goes along but i actually personally and this is going to sound totally crazy but i would love to give the tigers a role because i think yes! Yes! <laughs> you know, without it maybe a tiger chorus yeah yeah i want because... a li- i want to be the liger i want to be the liger and i want to have a big liger aria about what you're, that's like you are cast thank you what is yeah, that you're... sardine oil the the, the tiger aria has to be about sardine oil <laughs> wait what but, about I mean... sardine oil <laughs> <laughs> but in, it, and in all seriousness actually i think that the one i mean we talked a bit about the ethics of of you know transferring the series into a different medium but i think the one ethical point that maybe they went quite light on and they could have done more on was the the, the treatment of yeah. the animals um but yeah. i guess they they wanted to to concentrate on the human the human story and the human jealousies and rivalries and violence, etc. I think that I think in the story though, that's it. That's a big part of it, is that you see these two characters and one saying that she's wonderful for the animals, and the other one saying, "What they like it, it's fine." But what we see, we don't see a huge difference between their zoos. We don't see a wildlife preserve and a zoo. You know, we see very similar things from both sides. I think that that's part of it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think it but, has really raised uh, awareness about animal cruelty and abuse, and in particular the big cat industry in the United States. But I, I absolutely agree. I definitely don't think it was a main focus, that it was really the the story of these two people with a little bit of Doc Ansel, the third character, set against the backdrop of the big cat industry. Yeah. Doc Ansel, he's definitely in as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I Lucia, think how common... do you feel about Doc Ansel? Well, no, you're Joe. Well, you can be, you can both be Joe and the Tigers and Carol and Doc Ansel and just change costume every I mean, it second. depends on how long the pandemic goes, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we were, we were already talking about, so we did, we did a 20 minute uh, selection from the ring. We, we definitely talked about like, okay, so who would play what character if we had to play all of the characters in the ring? Oh my gosh. And we wanted to make, you know, 20 hours of, of Wagner. So, you know, we we definitely could uh, roll, at least flip a coin for different characters that we want in the story and, and do them all. Yeah. Our neighbors are Absolutely. like, what is going on in that apartment? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's a great place to... We have a few minutes left. Yeah. Uh, so the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Sometimes it's very obvious, like letting folks know where they can watch a, a, a streamed event of, a, of a, an upcoming new piece of music, if that were a thing that were happening. <laughs> otherwise, we love hearing shout-outs to other folks that are doing dope work or any media that you're personally consuming, self-care. Otherwise, music, movies, TV shows, things like that. So I guess the first thing is obviously this... Uh, Exotic Bee Baskin, the micro opera, is going to stream next Saturday at. It's going to be eight p.m. Irish time, which. Twelve p.m. Twelve p.m. Pacific time, two p.m. Central time, two. three p.m. Eastern yeah. time. Did I get that Perfect. right? What time? Yep. In Germany. Yes. Oh, no and it's. <laughs> and CarloArtsFestival.com <laughs> is the the website, and you'll find all the the different uh, ways to stream it there. We're super excited. Very excited. Is it, is it a minute for each person? Or <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We, it's, we, we say we, a minute just to have any sense of structure. It, at all, but y'all it, could talk for twenty more minutes. It doesn't even matter. So yeah, each of you can. Each of you can uh, can go for it. Uh, hi, this is Lucia. Um, I would, uh, I would say, yeah, definitely check this out and, um, and check out the spots too, because they're, they're also really fun. We, we spent so much time consuming the story, um, you know, through the Netflix show, as well as through Carol's diaries and, and all the different things that we could do. So we have, we have so much more character material, um, that went into this. So we actually made some spots of, of Ariana being Carol and me being Joe. And it's all, <clears throat> it's all really silly. So uh, definitely check that out. But we, we made a, a YouTube channel and who knows how long this thing goes on, but if the pandemic goes on forever, we'll keep making art um, probably under the moniker oh, yeah. post-apocalyptic creatives. Nice. Yeah. And, cool. and um, I also, oh, Ariana, did you want to go ahead? 
I'm super excited for the broadcast on Saturday <laughs> at many different times. Um, and yeah, check out our YouTube channel. Um, YouTube channel, we are really excited to have the opportunity to create stuff. Um, we are full-time opera singers, but in this um, this pause, we've had the time to create things ourselves and that has been really fun. And, and we've been really lucky to collaborate with Dana and Tom and it's been really fun to make projects at home. So yeah, please check that out. Thank you. Nice. And I'm going to be the fourth one now to say, do watch the exotic V Baskin, the micro opera <laughs> uh, coming to a webpage, Carlo arts festival webpage near you this Saturday. And uh, we've been getting some really exciting press about it uh, in the past week and hopefully this coming week and certainly on Scopy radio. So hopefully we will all enjoy it. And I'm excited about, again, incorporating pop culture into opera, trying to make it more accessible and also hopefully having it, the idea of opera just being accessible to people on the internet, as opposed to, having to go to a, a concert hall and, and pay for it. So I'm hoping that this is a nice chance to make this art form and a, a relevant subject really available to people. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, so much. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we're up to. There's so many ways you can do that. The first is to head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles and podcast episodes there. You can also keep up with us on social media. We have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. We also have a Facebook group that we love and adore called Sounding Board, where we talk about local arts, local politics, astrology memes, you name it. There you can also find a link to our Discord server called Sounding Board as well, where we hang out, have fun, have a good time, and... Yeah, so check it out. Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr under ScopyMag, spelled the same way as the website, S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And you can find the podcast, the one you're listening to right now in most podcast places, including Google Play, iTunes Podcasts, and Radio Public. And I'm here, as always, to talk about the importance of subscribing. If you head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our subscribe page, the best way to do that is by becoming a member. For $2 a month, you will receive an email in your inbox every time we post. So say goodbye to that social media algorithm, and hello to our content. Also, we have merch for sale. If you had to, to scopymag.com slash store, you can buy your new favorite t-shirt and that is a promise. Also, if you are a business or an entity or just have something fun to say and want to advertise with us, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep. <laughs>